This episode of Josiah's Voice Podcast is brought to you by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural, smooth human voice. It won't be my voice, but no app is perfect, but this one's pretty close. Because for the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science, to Bitcoin, or pop culture and movies. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well, exploring trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Like this one. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. That's www.newsly.me. Or from the link in the description and use promo code J0S1AHV01CE. Josiah's voice, get it? Again, that's J0S1AHV01CE. I'll put that in the description for you. When you click it, you'll receive a one-month free premium subscription to Newsly. Stop scrolling. Start listening with Newsly. What's up, guys? I want to say thank you, as always, for listening and also take this time to announce that after this current season, season four, the travel series, Josiah's voice resumes its regularly scheduled programming. We're going back to the movies, y'all. So season five will be short and sweet, beginning in October with weekly episodes. I'll be talking with filmmakers from Baltimore to L.A. about movie magic, as well as catching you up on what I've been up to creatively. Finally, the plan for season six is to begin in November with new episodes every other week. Going forward, the show will be celebrating and focusing on black filmmaking as I continue to chronicle my career and those of filmmakers I think you should know about from the States and abroad. Stay tuned. All of this and more is coming soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Hello, you're listening to Josiah's Voice. I'm your host, Josiah Bradley. In this conversational podcast, I invite you on my journey through TV, film, and writing. Plus, fellow artists visit with me to share their own unique creative voices along the way. Tune in and get inspired. What's up, everybody? This is Josiah. Welcome back to another episode of Josiah's Voice, the podcast. Please excuse uh, Fido and Pluto if you hear them. Uh, if you don't hear them, then excuse my excuse right here. Um, but it's, it's evening as uh, I'm here to talk to another guest. Um, they just, you know, the mailman comes late at night sometimes. So that's what that is. Safe neighborhood. But I'm excited to uh, talk to my uh, longtime friend from high school. We were homeschooled together. Uh, my friend, Amy King. Um has jumped on the podcast to talk about uh, travels with me. Um, I'm not sure where this episode will fall in the new season, but if you've been listening, this this season has been a little bit marked in a really cool way by sharing travel stories, uh, no matter how brief or how lengthy with some of my guests, because um, you know that uh, I've been living in Rwanda, Africa for a few months now. 
And so Amy's come on to talk about her travels. So Amy, welcome. Thank you so much, Josiah. I'm so excited to be here and get to catch up with you as well. It's been a while since we've been able to chat. So really happy to happy to be here. Awesome. It's yes, it's great to have you here. I think the last time Amy and I we're on video. Uh, we're actually on Zoom right now for all you listeners. Um, I was telling her that uh, I was leaving. We were talking about writing in a, a project she had in the can. Um, and then I told her that we were actually leaving and she uh, was pretty surprised, but also pretty excited and gave uh, well wishes and everything. And that really made me made me feel good. So this is a nice little reunion for us as well. So, <laughs> yes, I was so excited for you to be going to Rwanda. And I don't know, it's just it was such a surprise for me to hear that you were moving to a new country. And um, yeah, it just kind of gave me just this motivation to like, continue to, to explore like, and have adventures like, um, like that, because it's it really does broaden your perspective so much to go to a new place and experience what it's like in a new culture and with, with people um, that you might not have met otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm really glad that you uh, had that, that response. It really made me more excited to go because you were just another person to think of. Like when I do post photos or, you know, you catch up and you know, I get a new routine and things and, you know, check in with how are things going back in back in the States. You know, um, Amy's uh, we're talking. Uh, she's from my native Maryland. If you've kept up with the with the podcast, I'm originally from Maryland, spent about three years in L.A. and now I'm in Rwanda. Um, so, Amy, can you tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, about what you do? And then um, answer this. Did you travel a lot? growing up, be it in the States or out of the States? Sure. Yes. So like Josiah said, I'm from Maryland and from the DC Baltimore area. I went to school in Baltimore. I lived in DC for a while and I live in Maryland now. Um, what I do, I like to think of myself as a writer. I don't, um, you know, do it professionally, but I love writing. I've written my whole life. Um, just in journals and um, I love writing poetry and writing, uh, wrote a play in college. Uh, Josiah and I went to the same community college and had some really great experiences there, um, learning from teachers there about writing. So I like to think of myself as a writer and then I'm also a dancer. Um, I took dance since I was really young, did ballet mostly, tap, jazz, did that competitively as I was a teenager, and now I dance um, for my community center. I am. I like to think of myself as a seeker. I seek. I seek Jesus. <laughs> I seek adventure. Yeah. I seek connection and friendships, yeah. and I love new cultures and language and art. So anything to do with that, I love to talk about all the time. <laughs> Music, everything. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And you sorry, know, what was your other question? <laughs> I lost the other the other question and all of that. Actually, I'll circle back to that one. Actually, okay. Let's uh, go back to the the writing and the dance just briefly. What inspired you to get involved in writing and storytelling, and then what inspired you to get involved in dance also? And then we'll go back to travel. Yeah. So writing was actually just 
a part of living for me. Like I needed to write from a very young age. Gotcha. I found it extremely just like breathing. It was Love a way that. of yeah. expressing who I was, figuring out who I was. Um, basically, it's just part of my process of being a human being is writing. <laughs> that's the that. only way I can describe it. I honestly, that's why I consider myself a writer, even though I'm not a published author is just, I write, I write all the time, pretty much every day to this day. So, um, that I don't really think I even thought about it. I just did it. It was just something I did like a kid plays with toys like that. I just was a writer. I just wrote all the time. Um, and I think it was just a way of organizing my experience. Um, also I love fantasy. I love making stories up, imagining different scenarios, imagining myself as different characters. So just kind of also reading was a big part of that. Like I loved reading books. I loved getting into a story. I loved imagining myself in a new world, in a new place, right? Um, being in places where these characters were. And I just think I wanted to write my own story as well. So I was reading, you know, kids' stories um, growing up, but I just loved the written word and I loved following along with the story of somebody else. So, and I knew I had my own story to tell. And I, I guess I was just trying to work that out. And that kind of came out in all of my writing. So it sounded, it sounded really instinctual to write. Yes. I, I love Definitely. that. Cause it, it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Shonda Rhimes. Um, she wrote that television show, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and whatnot. And there's this. I am. I just watched Bridgerton, and I there you, I'm a big Bridgerton. fan of hers now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. You just needed to find your yeah. She's written so much. There's a little bit of something for everybody with her. So, um, mm -hmm. she comes to mind when you talk about writing uh, instinctually, and um, even though it's not professional yet. There's a clip of her that I saved in my phone where she says, "I don't understand writer's block." Because so long as you're writing every day, even if it's journal, personal journaling or writing a personal memo to yourself about um, the week or your calendar or something like that, like it's all writing. And I was like, yes, oh, that's really empowering because um, it sounds like it marries this other piece of advice from the writer Walter Mosley, who wrote the series of books I really like called um, the uh, Easy Rollins Detective Series, a detective set in uh, 60s LA. He also writes for that show Snowfall, if there are any fans of, of Snowfall on FX. His piece of advice sounds like Sean does where he says, when you're writing a novel, your character can be inspired by what you do in your regular life. So if you went to the dentist, they went to the dentist. It's okay if it doesn't make it into the final, the final draft, if that's in the first draft or something like that and you're experimenting, that's okay. So I just feel like Shonda and Walter, they come to mind because of your point about like writing was a part of living. So I just mm. thought that I just thought that was cool and it, it really came to mind. Um, what were some of your favorite books growing up? Oh goodness. I I'm a little embarrassed to say because they were very much just um you know, they weren't fancy literature or anything. Like I loved the American Girl dolls. So like I read <laughs> all of those books. I read Nancy Drew, mm. you know, I read a lot of books with, with female leads, like female character 
um, nice. protagonists. So a lot of, um, I guess, books aimed at young girls mm -hmm. <laughs> I read. Um, but then in college, I got more into poetry and um, essays like I loved Roth and I loved, you know, Sylvia Plath and I loved Edgar Allan Poe and like all of these really kind of more dark writers too, um, just because they captured something in the human experience that I guess I kind of was wrestling with, but that the kind of more fantasy books that I grew up with was something I was kind of reaching for. But then in college, I realized, oh, there are these writers that are just capturing kind of the everyday, not fantasy life um, right, that I sure. actually really resonate with, you know, and that kind of shaped me in a new way and, and made me maybe want to be more of a realistic writer, um, writing more from real life instead of making up um, fantasy stories, which I kind of found myself doing all the time in you know in my imagination as a kid so that was kind of when I grew up I kind of reached that new level of oh writing can be realistic as well yeah um and you know when you're growing up and figuring out who you are as a writer you're kind of finding those different extremes you kind of go all in on on one way and then all in on the other way and I think now I'm kind of realizing you can have both and have a beautiful balance of those things um, in writing. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. That's cool. Is that, would that then be, can you speak to what you have learned about yourself so far on your writing journey or is it, is it a little too early? Are you right in the midst of it still? I mean, I think you're always learning new lessons with, with that. If you are doing something, even if you're a musician or a dancer or an artist uh, of any kind, you kind of looking back on the last season of doing that thing, you always learn something from it. And so uh, I'm sure I'll have many more lessons in the future, but I guess right now I'm learning what I just said, was just, you know, you don't have to be completely um, realistic to get yeah. your point across and you don't have to be completely in fantasy either. Um, you can find your own to, balance. To kind of have that authenticity. I feel like it's important to have authenticity. So have that realism, I think is important as well. Nice. And then to dance, how did you get involved with, uh, with that in ballet? I actually started dance classes when I was four years old. I quit. I quit after one year because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be the star. I wanted to be the prima ballerina doing all of the fancy leaps and twirls and all of this stuff. And I remember just being like, all we're doing is holding on to a bar and bending our knees. Like, this is not what I signed up for. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So I, I quit. I was like, this is not, this is not what I dreamed. Right. This is not my fantasy <laughs> of what dancing should be. So I quit. And then I was 12 years old sitting fast forward. I was 12 years old sitting in a high school auditorium, watching my sister's dance recital uh, in a very kind of cynical way. Like this is silly. I was in basketball at the time. I wanted to be like cool, sporty girl. You know, I was not about dance, but I had to be there for, you know, I couldn't be home alone at that point, or I didn't want to be or something like that. So 
I kind of was dragged along to watch my sister's dance recital practice. And Josiah, I was shocked. I was, I saw this one dance number. It was a ballet number. And I was just moved so deeply by this one particular ballet dance. It was the most beautiful thing to me at the time. I can't explain it, but it was Waltz of the Flowers and the costumes, it was a dress rehearsal. So the costumes were there. The music was just moving me. And it was that, it was like that fantasy book was opened up. It was like, it was like magic was coming off the stage. And all I wanted to do was be a part of it. And that was it. I signed up for dance the next season and I was on the competition team the next year. I worked so, so hard because I wanted to be as beautiful as that dance was. I wanted to make my body do those things that was so beautiful to me. I wanted to be a part of that beauty that I guess my artist heart craves, right? Like we want want to make beauty happen. We want to be creative and make that happen. So just to be a part of that kind of dance and be able to move in those ways was something I just went after with everything I had and was able to achieve that. Beautiful. I'd never heard that story from you, I don't think, uh, about dance, but just you got really into it, right? Then you were you were clearly back there and just the way you described it and just the effect that it had on you. Everybody wants that with whatever whatever mm-hmm. your thing is. You know, we're talking about writing or dance or sports. I forgot you did play basketball. That's so great mm-hmm. to be able to have that sort of that moment where like the spotlight is on that thing and you're like this is what I was meant for. <laughs> you know, it, it's okay if your name's yes. not in lights or anything, but it's like, like as a child, it's cool to have that feel, that excitement of you found a thing or your people with that mm-hmm. thing, you know, like yes. that's just so, wow. And so, and so fast forward to now, like you've, you've picked it back up. Isn't that right? D- uh, dance that is. I have. Yes. So it What's actually like? became, it, so as a teenager, it kind of became a chore. It, it lost that quality because I, I felt like I had to keep beating myself and keep getting better and, and win these competitions. And it took the joy for me. It took the joy out of it. And it took me until I was, I think I was 25 before I went back in. Actually, no. I take that back. I did take one class in college. So I was maybe 21. I took one ballet class. It was really great. I loved it. Um, but I didn't keep it up. And then I was about 25, 26. And I started going back just to adult dance classes. You know, they're actually kind of difficult to find uh, adult ballet classes that are achievable and not for professional dancers in, in, in this area. So when I did find that at the community center, I just, I just loved it. That kind of joy, that, that spark of inspiration and beauty came back. And I was so glad that I had kind of let go of that achievement mentality and just enjoyed the process of dance, of expression in that way. And I, I still dance to this day at that, at that studio. That's great because it's so easy, especially now, to get caught up in 
the competition of it all. Um, that's great that you rediscovered your love, though, because especially nowadays, the competition attitude you're talking about kind of reminds me of like those memes maybe you've seen where people are encouraging people like our age, you know, or millennials or even people younger that you don't have to monetize everything, which is I think is still a form of competition. It's a form of pressure, I think. Yeah. And so I think that's great that you, you know, you went through that that journey of like, you know, as a kid, like we all, you know, want to be a star or something. And sometimes that lingers with us as we grow up. And it's just so important to find a passion um, or various passions. Um, off mic, you were seeing um, some of me sharing about like horseback riding at Mount Kigali and taking archery. And I don't know if you remember, I took uh, an equestrian class, horseback riding class, when I was like 14 or 15 or something like that. And I remembered really enjoying it. Um, there was that romantic fantasy aspect, you know, heroes like Zorro or, you know, Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings, you know, heroes, ride horses, cowboy, you know, things like that. So there is that romantic quality to it. And sure. then, fast, then fast forward to now, you know, living in a new country and a slower pace and a different routine. And my friends and family and I go up there and I'm like, oh, they've got horseback riding. This is it's like I'm a kid again. And it was just fun. Yeah. Like even I even remembered a couple of things like how to hold the reins correctly or or the correct position to lean if you're going uphill or downhill. You know, and the mm -hmm. instructor was like, you know, wow, like you're 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 really good. You have a couple of basic things down pat. I'm like, yeah, I took this as a kid. Some of those things mm -hmm. are coming. Back. It was just that passion. I with horseback riding, I would happen to have not wanted to <laughs> be in the Olympics or anything like that. But as a kid, you can easily like make that leap, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I say yeah. all that to say <clears throat> I enjoyed it and it's cool as an adult to return to it just as you return to dance. And yeah. just be like, I just wanna, it's calming, it's nature also, because this is an animal with a personality and you can feed it and you take care of it and you, get that rhythm with it as you, you know, go along the trail and see the mountains and the woods and everything. And just, so that's just great. I think that's so great that you found that. I think it's so important. I think a lot of us started to get back in touch with that uh, at the height of say, like the pandemic, for example, with having more time to be at home. And some of us were able to rediscover things. And, you know, I just wish that for everybody. And I think that's great. I'm so glad that you told uh, that store and that now you're taking it back up and, and keeping mm. keeping up with it. Did did certain things come back to you when you did come back to it recently or was it a little tough at first, but just worth it? Did that make sense? I mean, you definitely lose flexibility. You lose sure. some muscle memory, you know, uh, same as if you were playing an instrument and you stopped for years, you know, something like that. But you, you know, the amount of dancing I did definitely stays in your muscle memory as well. So I probably was able to come back at maybe 70%. Nice. Um, and then, you know, as you work, your, your muscles are able to uh, remember and be more flexible and kind of remember what you did before. And, you know, you work your way up as, as, as much as you can. Now, dance is sort of a young person's sport like you you lose um the energy first of all that i had when i was a teenager i don't have the same amount of 
energy sure, and sure. stamina and like I could leap very high in the air, you know, when I was a teenager and I cannot yeah. now, um, things like that, your body changes. So I, I definitely am appreciating much more what your body can do and yeah. trying to appreciate it for what it can do now. Um, and not be comparing myself to my former self, because that can be just as difficult as the competitive mindset, right. Of competing with other people. You're also comparing yourself with, with what you used to be able to do instead of enjoying the moment, enjoying the process, enjoying the, just the feeling of expression. So I try to, you know, bring all of those insecurities, I guess, to the Lord when I'm, when I'm doing that, because being present is a huge part of dance. You have to be present. Otherwise you'll fall, you'll hurt yourself. You'll get an injury. You, you know, won't be able to move with the rest of the people you're dancing with in the right way. You have to be so present and uh, it, it takes away from the experience to kind of be thinking, oh, well, if I could just do this again, or, oh, if I could be like that other person, um, it really doesn't serve you or, or your dancing to, to have that mindset. So it can be, it is, it can be a struggle though. Um, if I'm having a bad day or something like that, but I really do try to give those things over, um, so I can really be present and enjoy the process. That's beautiful. That is so important. And I'm glad that you're able to pick that up because I go through that as, as well with, you know, oh, I was so, maybe for me it was different. Maybe it was optimistic or as well, it could also be a physical thing, something I wanted, you know, to do. Or like, I, I forgot, you know, it can hurt your legs if you're not used to riding horses that often, you know, because you have to squeeze your legs and your body um, to like make a, make the horse stop, for example. Those who are right. professional riders all the time, their body, you know, your body adapts to your point about dance and other physical things you do. Um, mm -hmm. But if you, you know, are too, you put too much pressure on yourself, the enjoyment goes right out the door. And it's like, you, you forget why you were doing it. It's like you, maybe you lost a couple things, but it doesn't mean you can't get them back. You know, if you just adjust accordingly to get back to that place of, of happiness, it, it kind of reminds me of this song I like by that, this band called Mute Math. And that's one of their songs where they talk about getting an old spark, old happiness, old ideas. But like, there's no doubt that you can get it back if you just be patient with yourself, like to your point. So I think, I think that's great. Mm. Um, I love how- yeah, Having grace. Go ahead. Yeah, go having, ahead. Having grace with yourself. Is, is so important. Yes. Just having grace for that, you know, where you are in the moment and um, yeah, not putting too much pressure and just, yeah, being patient. How does that play into, let's, we'll segue to travel now. I hear, I do hear a lot about patience when it comes to traveling uh, and being gracious to yourself. How has that played out in your travels? Um, Especially like, did you travel a lot growing up inside in the States or out of the States? So growing up, I actually did not very much at all. Um, I really started traveling with dance competitions. Nice. And that was when I was in my later teens. So I didn't stay in a hotel 
really much at all uh, until I started competing. And even then I was only on the East Coast of the United States. So I would go to New York sometimes, I would go to Virginia, uh, but even then I wasn't traveling too much outside of my culture or my kind of previous experience as far as the people and how things, how things work. I did go to Las Vegas when I was, I think, 18, 18 or maybe 20. And I did a dance competition there. And I just remember that being maybe one of the first places where I felt extremely free to be whatever I wanted to be, to dress however I wanted to dress, Mm -hmm. to be silly if I wanted to be silly. And that was new to me. That felt like a different culture to me. It was really um, because I noticed I was not worried about what people were thinking about how I was dressing or how I was acting so much as I would at home. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And I think that's a huge thing in travel is when you travel somewhere where you don't really know the expectations or the culture and you know you're not going to see these people again, (laughs) you kind of have more freedom to be yourself, to be present, to be whoever you are at that moment in that day. And I think that's what I love about travel so much is that it gets you outside of your comfort zone enough to where you kind of can relax almost like your comfort zone keeps you a little bit confined at times in what's expected of you, how, how you behave around certain people, but travel, you don't know what you're getting into. You kind of (laughs) have to figure it out (laughs) as you go. And so you're, it kind of frees you in a really cool way to be more of your pure authentic self if you allow it to, right? I know some people are very nervous travelers. They don't allow that moment to kind of take them away and whatever is going on. They want to have everything very scheduled and feel like they're in control of a situation that they're not used to. And that is definitely a way that I could be, but I find the most enjoyment out of travel is when I can sort of let go and be in, be where I am. And in that, I found that I'm more myself. And, and I think that's why I love travel so much is I think we're all looking for and seeking a place where we feel like ourselves, where we feel like we belong, mm-hmm. like we feel like we can affect the kind of change we want to, we want, we can express what we want to express without being judged for it or without being shamed for it and feel like we're at home. Um, even if we're not at home, technically, we can feel like we're at home with ourselves. We're at home um, in ourselves. Ooh. And that is- Wait, wait, say I that do. again. <laughs> that was so, heavy. <laughs> we, oh goodness, we feel like we are at home in ourselves. Yes. So if we are at home in ourselves, wherever we travel is going to be just fine, you know, because 
growing up, I was seeking, I was seeking, where do I belong? Where is it? Where is outside of myself? But actually travel actually brings you back to yourself. What is it that is essentially me? What, what am I at my essence? What do I bring to wherever I am? Am I okay with being with myself when I travel? It brings up all these questions, right? And it, it can be uncomfortable. And maybe it takes traveling to several different places or over a period of many years or seasons of your life where you can kind of unpack all of this because it's, it's really a life lesson kind of training ground travel, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It opens you up in ways that maybe you wouldn't be otherwise. Of course, I just see Bilbo Baggins <laughs> running out of the Shire. I'm just seeing Amy that way right now. Just this from from the arts to sports to traveling. It's just you're just a really adventurous person. I'm just really enjoying being reminded mm. of that and then seeing all these different hues of that with some of the things that you're saying, especially just that part about being at home with with yourself. It it reminds me of this thing I just, this me or a TikTok or something I saw. And it wasn't about travel. It was it was actually about dating. I think this this woman, like, I, I guess it didn't work out with this guy or, or something. And your quote about, your statement about um, being at home with yourself, for whatever reason, made me think of her where she said, like, I need to, me pretending to be her, I need to realize that I'm it wherever I'm at. If it didn't work out with him, it's okay. There's other people, but right. she's, she's trying to be a, you know, a good person. She's trying to be a loving person. She's trying to, you know, attract awesome dudes her way and things like that. And so, you know, it's, it's a bummer or maybe it's even devastating that that thing didn't work out, but just that I don't like, she, she didn't seem pompous or anything, it, but it, it also didn't seem like she was being too self-depreciating. It was just like, she was having this moment of like, being at home in herself. You know, again, it wasn't about travel, but it's it just came to mind because it still felt like somehow she, her finger was on the pulse of what you were saying, just in a different way. And it's like, we got to realize we can be at home with ourselves wherever we are, with, with our memories, you know, with the people who shaped us, with things like that. And I just, I just, I just thought that was, that was amazing. That was really cool. Um, what was your favorite travel experience yes so this is definitely an easy question to answer <laughs> i already know <laughs> yes you do my favorite experience traveling was when i went by myself on an adventure to ireland by yourself that was actually, oh my gosh yes, a solo trip it was my first time out of the united states no sorry I take that back. It was my first time out of North America. I had gotcha. been to Canada. Gotcha. Okay. So I went there after I had had a couple of years of traveling for work. I had traveled for work. I went, you know, by myself on planes to different cities in Canada and the United States. And I'd kind of gotten that rhythm down. You know, I felt comfortable enough going places on my own. And I thought, why couldn't I do this to a place I really want to go? You know? And yeah, for sure. I was feeling 
it was at a time in my life where I just was really looking for adventure and finding who I was all over again. Okay. This was in 2012. And I really feel like God was leading me this whole to even just discovering that it was Ireland that I was supposed to go to. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> like the trip I went to, you know, through the country was easy. It just flowed so beautifully like a dance, right? Like rereading my initial blog that I wrote as I was traveling through Ireland. And I just remembered all of these beautiful people I'd met and how wise they were and how encouraging they were and how helpful they were. Like some people helped me find directions to get to where I needed to go next. And some people That's great. just talked to me about writing and talked to me about, you know, we were, I found another English major in, in Ireland and we talked about that and cool. just, I found an older man in a rose garden who talked to me about heaven. I mean, oh. it was just a beautiful, colorful experience. It was two weeks in September. I got there. They had told me that they were in the middle of a very rainy year. Basically, it had been raining okay. for months. And I got there. And that day, the sun was out. Ah, nice. And I was just, I was just thinking like, God is with me here. Like yeah. it was so palpably apparent to me that I was being protected mm -hmm. and I was being led to meet some of these people I'd met and to go in the places I went. And, you know, Irish people have a great sense of humor. They always were just like, oh, you brought the sun with you. And, <laughs> you know, they were just so sweet to me. And I, my, my soul was craving that kind of peace, that kind of, yeah. you're okay, you're at home, you know, you belong here. I even found people that said, oh, we'll adopt you as Irish because I, at the time, didn't think I had any Irish. And, you know, they were like, are you Irish? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, oh, it's okay, we'll adopt you. You know, <laughs> I just felt so embraced and like I was part of this big, happy community of people, much in the same way I felt at PGCC, a community mm -hmm. college where we went together. Yeah. I mean, I found a community, a really lovely community there as well. And I kind of had the same feeling, like I was part of this bigger group and we all kind of looked out for each other and we cared about what happened to each other and hope we had a, a good experience wherever we were going. And hadn't had a lot of those experiences before. And so to find that in a completely new place was, was just amazing. And I can't express enough, like how much I felt God was leading this whole thing. I found a quote in a garden that said something like, there's nowhere that you feel God's presence as much as you do in a garden. And wow. even just that garden, I felt led to go into and then I saw that quote. It was just like God was speaking to me through the, through little things like that and through people mm. and kindness and love um, that whole trip. So I've never had an experience quite like that since. I would love to have something like that again, but I've written about it on my, my newer blog called Life with the King. I, I revisited it that whole trip and posted two 
posts about that trip again, because it really just shaped so much of my experience of God and my experience of feeling like I was somewhere I was meant to be. And I think that's what I love about travel is like, it can lead me more to feeling like I'm meant to be somewhere and it, maybe it's back home. You know, I'll go somewhere and I'm thinking, oh, I really need to get back and do this thing, you know, but it it took that perspective. It took getting away for Mm -hmm. me to realize, oh yeah, I know what I need to do now. Um, so yeah, travel has just been a big part of my growth, my spiritual growth journey. And, and that Ireland trip was definitely a big turning point for that. That's fantastic. Cause I remember when you announced it, I was like, yo, she's going off by herself. Like what? Like I haven't done that yet. And like, I've got a couple of brothers who, who have done it. And, you know, the only solo trip or thing I did, if you can count it was, you know, a couple of years, you know, at Towson university, which was cool and did feel like another, <laughs> another culture. And it was kind of, it was, you know, that independence of course, and finding yourself, of course, um got closer you know in my faith to god also out there and it's just mm-hmm. and being surrounded by different forms of of life and culture and ideas and and things like that and that garden quote was great just teeming with life and just feeling closer to god and in that is uh i just love this theme of not being alone slash growing up or expanding that I feel like you've like been taking us on um, mm-hmm. in this episode. And it's just, thank you. I really love it. Just that adventurous spirit is just, um, and the grace, you know, and the, it is, there's just kind of this peace, not that everything, you know, goes well all the time, but I'm just, I just really appreciate uh, what you're, the story that you're telling. Um, in fact, was there, if it comes to mind, was there a, even one area you had to adjust to when you were traveling by yourself? You mean like culturally, like what was hard to adjust or? Sure. Like time zone or getting around or um, mm. directions or, or food or anything like that. And if there wasn't, that's totally cool too. But I, But with with travel, as you alluded to before, you know, you do have to be patient with yourself. You've got to be gracious because you aren't at home. You're bringing home with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I was on that particular trip. I was very blessed, I think, to have people just available to help me cool, <laughs> with okay. finding places. Uh, I did actually get turned around a couple of times. Sure. Uh, and kind of walked, you know, 45 minutes in the wrong way. But even then, I remember um, feeling like that was an adventure in itself. So we talked a lot about adventure in this episode. Like, I was thinking, oh, well, now I know, now I know the layout of the land. You got a better set of your bearings. Exactly. So I kind of had a really positive outlook on those sort of accidents that happened. But, you know, even that, I, I tried to just make it into a, a positive experience. Like, it's not, um, I'm a foodie, so if you get bad yep. food, it's, it's kind of a bummer. But, yes. um, but, but even that, I was, I was, it was helpful for me to see, like, okay, in this place, 
they maybe don't value these kinds of foods as much as what I'm used to at home. And that's right. It was a good lesson, you know, and um, yeah, just something that I I noticed. But yeah, I I definitely there were definitely things like walking on the left side of the sidewalk and driving on the left side of the road. Gotcha. I almost got hit many times. <laughs> I mean, not not like close close calls, but I definitely I had moments of like doing kind of like a dance with people like, oh, wait, are you going on the right or the left? Because I was, tr- I was trying to be nice. I was right. trying to stay out of people's way, but they just automatically go to the left and I automatically go to the right. And so we would go in the same direction because we were facing each other. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I had some of those moments and I felt pretty silly, uh, just, you know, and then actually a few times I would go into pubs and the older, usually gentlemen there would talk to me and say hello or whatever, and try to just talk to me about fishing or something. And I had no idea what they were saying because their accents were so strong. Wow. Okay. So there were some moments like that where there was maybe a difficulty communicating, but it was not a big deal. You know, it was fine. Yeah. It, it was just... Um, just kind of a, a thing that happened. It wasn't, it wasn't a problem or yeah. um, uncomfortable necessarily. So yeah, I, I think just kind of smaller things. I think that's the one thing about going to an English speaking country, you know, a place where you speak the language, it's a lot easier than going to a place where you don't speak the language. For example, I, I went to Costa Rica and couldn't communicate, you know, uh, okay. I, I took Spanish in, in school, but I could not I didn't have conversational Spanish at that point. So I really was at a disadvantage in that culture because I just couldn't communicate. We found ways, you know, um, at the, at the lunch line, I would point to things that I wanted instead of telling them what I wanted because I didn't know how to say it in Spanish. But, uh, but yeah, I think language is a huge, huge, huge thing with, with visiting another culture. And it also shows shows respect. I think if you try yeah. to speak the language a little bit, um, I am trying to learn French because I really Same. would love to go to to France. Nice, yeah. Because, because they speak, Do they it, speak French in Rwanda. They speak French here, and then their uh, mm-hmm. own native Kenya Rwanda, which is a different whole different set of rules. I know a, a few. Words like, you know, uh, uh, Mata is like, good morning, for example. And you get smiles from people because, like you said, that respect, they see that, you know, oh, you know, they're, they're trying. Or I've even had security guards in the store, like, you know, sometimes, oftentimes they can't distinguish, you know, locals from expats, which is kind of cool. And so when they see that, oh, you don't know, oh, okay, they, they kind of try to help you, though. And it's, it's kind of cool, but French is another language that they know here. And, you know, I we took Spanish together and the romantic, you know, um, roots and everything. So I was like, we're going to take that up. I'm going to I'm going to take up Span- um, mm-hmm. French. And then when it's time, definitely going to go back and take another crack at Kenya Rod. But yeah, language is huge. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's it takes so long to learn, which to me is is sad because I just want to speak to everyone, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I want to be able to. Um, and I wish I could learn more than just 
one at a time. I think that's a mistake that I, I learned early on, like just w- learn one language at a time. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it, gets, it gets jumbled um, in, in your, in your mind pretty easily. So you kind of have to maybe go for a season with one language and then switch to another, but. And then switch. Yeah. Yeah. With that. um. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Would that be uh, one of your favorite aspects of culture or what are some of your other favorite aspects of culture, food, language, dance, maybe? You know, it's really hard to pick. I love all of it. I really do love the beautiful tapestry of culture and people. And I think dance, food, music, language, it all is part of that. So. I mean, I can tell you some of the things I'm really interested in now, which would be actually, honestly, um, J- Japanese and Korean, cool. um, like landscapes and culture and food. Definitely the French language. And, you know, I, I dance ballet, so I kind of grew up learning French terms right, through right. ballet. So I really love that. Um but yes, I mean, I'm a foodie, which I mentioned before. Like, I love all kinds of foods from all kinds of cultures. Um, I remember going to an African um, restaurant in D.C. with a bunch of friends and just having the best time. Like, we had goat nice. meat, which I had never had before. I had that tonight. We're, we've fallen in love with goat meat. It's great. <laughs> Isn't it great? It's the yes. best. And they season it like the way they seasoned it was so Oh my gosh. Great. So flavorful. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not something that we normally eat from in the on the east coast of the United States. Like we no. don't usually eat goat. So to to have that experience was just so different and definitely gives you a literal taste of another culture. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Okay, no, go ahead and tell, you have more? You don't have to pick just one. What other touchstones of culture do you love? Uh, I mean, music, I think, really, really gets me. Like, in Ireland, my favorite, absolute, by far favorite thing was to go to the local pubs and listen to music. I was amazed at how many people could play so, so proficiently, whatever their instrument was, and how willing everyone was to just get up and dance you know not in a fancy way necessarily or in a a performance kind of way but just dancing together in community that was one of my favorite favorite things and I still love to um to listen to Irish music and kind of reminisce about those times but yeah there are things that I I would love to kind of still be part of that don't necessarily exist in the culture I'm in right now in Maryland. Um, Those community aspects, things that bring people together, definitely music and dancing, Um, food, but I feel like food brings people together here in Maryland. And so that's kind of more of a, a given for me, I think people gather together to go to restaurants here a lot and people gather, you know, I have potlucks at my house sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of just something that we do yeah but but it's something else entirely i think to have a culture that is open to dancing together looking silly together just having a good time together that's not really something i i saw much growing up and to 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 see that is just probably one of my favorite things from ireland anyway that's really that's really cool. Um, yeah, Amy's a very communal person. To, you mentioned the potlucks, and bef as you were leading up to it, I didn't know if you were going to mention it, but I remembered like Halloween potlucks or like Harry Potter themed potlucks, or or a couple of times, at least when I was with you guys, you know, us and and your friends would like go to like go to brunch somewhere, you know, in Laurel or mm -hmm. or wherever. Um, and it just food really does bring people together or the arts. So, you know, I mentioned Harry Potter costumes or whatever. And it's just that's great that you've always craved that and also created it when you could. You and your sister, Abby, have always been like great hosts, especially like if you do things together, it's really cool. You kind of team up and like just, you know, we mm -hmm. made this and we made that. And we're going to watch this. And, you know, you have a whole itinerary out and you but there's room to be silly and and to hear like, how's everybody going? Anyone getting to anything crazy? Any amazing stories anyone wants to tell about what's going on in our lives? And it's just always thought that was mm -hmm. really cool uh, about you. That's just a really, Aww. really awesome quality, <laughs> you know? Oh, thanks. You're yeah. Really it, again, it feels like breathing. It feels like something I need to do. Okay. Got to bring people together. Yeah. You know, I, I love connections and I just feel like we learn so much from each other. And I think that goes back to leveling. It's like, I learned so much from going to a different culture and learning how different people do things. And I definitely do, like you said, value um, the people I, I know here so much. And I want to, want to keep us together um, as much as possible, just because it's hard to uh, to keep up with everyone without some sort of reason. Unfortunately, as we are getting older, just right, people right. having families and you know demanding jobs and demanding schedules or other commitments for their, with family or you know their own struggles or whatever. Like things things definitely can get in the way of that. So the more opportunities I can provide for bringing people together to me is is what I'm what I always want to do <laughs> again, yeah. it's not something I really think about, but I, I really appreciate you saying that because it is definitely a value that I, I have. That's great. Is there anything you'd like to, any last point you'd like to make about the importance of art, um, be it, you know, dance or writing and also adventure, anything else you'd like to say about that and why it's important to you? I think both of those things, adventure and art, are what makes life fun and beautiful and makes me feel alive. So I think things that make you feel alive, you need those things because they're part of you. They're part of how God made you. They're part of what he kind of set your heart on fire for. Right. And there's a reason why you have those things planted inside of you. Like, and I think you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not going after whatever that thing is for you. So I think we're made to be our full selves 
to be as whole and as full of a life person as we can be. And God gives us opportunities to, to uncover that. I think actually we're always that it's just a matter of uncovering the layers to get there. Ah, So the more things that you can, more things that chip away at that, like traveling to a new place or going to see that piece of art that you've always wanted to see in person or getting together with an old friend, like those things can help chip away those layers of stuff that kind of get in the way of maybe the, the heart, the, the core of who we are. That's great. You reminded me of, uh, every time you bring something up, you remind me of something else. You made me think of that author, Paolo. I can't remember how to say his last name, but he's the author of The Alchemist. And there's a quote. Paolo Coelho, yeah. There we go. Paolo Coelho. He wrote this. uh, He has this quote somewhere. um, I have to paraphrase it. Where he says something along the lines of maybe life wasn't about adding on, but taking off. Maybe becoming is unbecoming old stuff. So when you said that, like you mentioned something about layers that came to mind. And I like, I love that quote. So I don't know if you've heard it before, but I thought it was right on point because I agree with you. And I see that in different areas of my life, taking off old stuff, seeing what I have left and realizing, oh, that's enough, you know, for the mm-hmm. present season that I'm in. So I think that's right on point. That's great. Yeah. Um, I've read that book a long time ago. Um, same. But yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great quote. I think I've also been seeing that idea in some worship songs, like yeah. the undoing of mm. of just the things that we kind of have we kind of have to go through the ego stuff when we're young and the pride and the figuring out who we are and mm-hmm. making a name for ourselves. And I think you know now as an adult, <laughs> it's <laughs> right. kind of about figuring out okay. I kind of want to get back to the five-year-old me of like what made yes. me at my essence the most happy and the most alive. That's great. And find that community, find that home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. That's exactly. That's really wild. Yeah. To be so young and to kind of want to hurry up and grow up and be a star and be in control of everything and be, you know, yada, yada. And then, then you finally, you wake up, you become an adult. Not to say that everything's bad, but you know, the challenges probably weren't what you thought they were when you were five or whatever. And then to want to go to want to have some piece of that five-year-old self, you know, not, not in a toxic nostalgia kind of way, but to your point of just some sense of hope or faith or whatever. Um, because you put on so much when you grow up, or some of us do. Anyway, I don't want to speak for everybody. Um, but I feel like that's probably resonant for a lot of people. In some way, shape, or form, we've experienced that. So that's cool to uh, realize that maybe there's some things I can set down. And maybe there's some things from when I was younger. Maybe they were true. And maybe they were enough. And if I just get back to there, maybe that'll help me along this path, this adventure, and this this season that uh, that I'm in. That's, that's mm-hmm. great. I think that childlike fun, the childlike mm-hmm. sense of wonder and just having fun is something I really lost <laughs> growing up. I, I was very, ser- I've always been kind of serious, you know, but yeah. I'm rediscovering that kind of fun side and how important fun is in life. 
mm-hmm. and being silly and being, you know, a human being. We, we're all kind of silly sometimes, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Life is kind of absurd at times. And to be able to laugh at that is so, so important. And so I think that's kind of what I meant is getting at the fun of life and getting at the, the humor and everything and being able to laugh at yourself um, for whatever you might have taken too seriously or, you know, taking your yeah. art too seriously, even like I've done that before. And same really Me not too. the point, right? <laughs> Writing's supposed to be fun. Dance supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I think that's a great place to, to end right there. Um, that's amazing, Amy. And, uh, in fact, to your point of, of having fun, where can people, uh, find your writing come to think of it? Oh yeah. Thanks for, thanks for remembering that. So absolutely, I haven't been blogging as much lately, but I still have my blog up and plan to continue adding to it in the near future. So you can find my blog at lifewiththeking.com and uh, yeah, check out also the Life with the King Facebook page. I post sometimes, I post poems on there and I post, you know, updates about the blog there. So you can check that out as well. Awesome. And guys, I'll include that in the show notes as well as the episode description. She was so is that you can check that out. Um, Life of the King is also a nice, a, a cool play on words because Amy's last name is King. So I think that's cool. And there's this really, uh, really heartfelt uh, and sincere devotional aspect uh, to her writing as well. Um, but I think you'll also enjoy because it's uh, fully accessible. To, to everybody. And so if you enjoyed her, I, her musings here, her stories of adventure here, and if you resonated with a lot of these things, then I th- there's more where that came from in her writing on her blog and the Facebook page as, as well. Um, Amy, this has been great because um, it's just with either reading your work or spending time with you and spending time with friends, I just always kind of feel really even keel and at ease, like you know, there's no anxiety or anything like that. And there's just always, you know, guys, guys, what we did here is usually what we do if it's on the phone or if it's at, you know, a potluck at her place. It's just, you know, there's plenty of silliness, but there's a nice balance with seriousness as well. And just um, musings on just, you know, where everyone's life is going. And, uh, I really love discussions like this. It's a nice way to get away from some of the more ambitious topics I talk about, which I, you know, I enjoy having and guys don't worry. There'll be more episodes about that, you know, tips on business and other ambitious things uh, in the arts. But um, no matter what happens, for example, with your writing, Amy, or with your dance professionally, I'm glad you've discovered or rediscovered your love of just being present and some artistic things that are uniquely you. I think that's great. And I hope everyone who listens takes that sentiment away with whatever it is that they're interested in. Whatever you're interested in, guys, make sure you're present in it and the money and all of that stuff will will follow. But if you're not satisfied and content, it really doesn't matter. And uh, I really got a really strong sense of contentment um, or pursuit of contentment and what makes one settled and content with talking to you, Amy. So I hope you had a really good time. Mm. 
I did. Thank you so much for having me again, Josiah. I always feel the same with you. Very, very at ease. And just, um, I love your style of just enjoying the present moment. I think you do that really, really well. So I want to thank you for this conversation. I'm, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, Amy. Likewise. Again, guys, you can follow Amy's blog. Uh, did I say it right? Or am I saying it right? Life with the King, right? That's it. Lifewiththeking.com. Lifewiththeking.com. Again, guys, I will put that information in the episode description, and it will also be in the show notes. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, Amy, for stopping by to talk with me. Guys, there are more episodes coming this season, so stay tuned. But until then, I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Thank you guys for tuning in to Josiah's Voice, the podcast. Subscribe on all listening platforms. And you can keep up with the show on social media by following at Josiah's Voice Pod on all social media. And keep up with the show on the blog. Subscribe at the blog at www.josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com for all the show notes for each and every episode. And if you like my theme music, the song is called Emotion. It's by Mateo. Subscribe to him on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks, guys.